Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another football discussion roundtable podcast. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture Football, joined by Adam Cleary and Benjamin Richardson from What Culture Football, football to discuss another burning football issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from, for a daily football podcast. But we are here to discuss one of the biggest swap wait, 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 deals. Wait, 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 wait. Got a lot of colour in your face. We had, was that wedding yesterday all outdoors? Yes. You look great. I look. You look pink. Yeah, but you don't look burned. The I'd, I'd ruddy. oh, you're oh, you're oh. I just go, I just, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. I, just, wrong, I just go freckly or and then inevitably burnt. Ruddy is the word I'd use to describe yes, you at this indeed. point. In time. Sorry, what were we talking about? Uh, we are here to discuss one of the biggest swap deals in football history: mm. Paolo Dybala uh, and Romelu Lukaku going opposite directions uh, between Juventus and Manchester and United. It's possibly even bigger than that. Oh, really? The la- yeah, I know it's crazy, but the latest rumor suggests that. In lieu of paying uh, six million up front from Man United, they'll add in Mario Mandzukic on that deal. What? <laughs> yeah, so Juventus getting rid of all their strikers. Wow. As they put full trust in Gonzalo Higuain. <laughs> okay. No pressure there then. Okay. So, uh, what this is, I've, I've been away for a couple of days. I realise this has been sort of bubbling around recently. What do you make of this transfer? Well, I just want to just let everybody know that when you came in today, I was like, oh, uh, they want us to do um, a bit on the Dybala Lukaku. Like, oh, that's not going to happen, is it? I was yeah. like, oh, no, it's pretty much, it's pretty much has <laughs> happened. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of an odd one, given that I don't really get, like, who brought this up at first. Like, no. which side approached the other one with this potential deal? Because it's a bit it's a bit of a strange one. And obviously, there was all this talk about Lukaku going to Inter, I think it was. Mm. Um, but I don't know if he had his, just, he's had his heart set on Italy. <laughs> the... The whole the deal hinges on the Lukaku move. So basically, what's been happening um, in the Rabadinov of Maracardi mm. and particularly his wife slash agent Wanda Riccardi. So well, Riccardi's Wanda- agent's his wife. Yes, who's also Maxi's Maxi ex-wife. Yeah, Maxi got um, Maxi, no, Gomez, Maxi Lopez. Maxi Lopez's ex-wife. Yes, that that history could take up an entire pod in its own. Didn't Riccardi get a tattoo of Maxi Lopez's kid? Indeed, yes. he did. That's ins- yeah. We should do one just on That's that. That's why Riccardi doesn't play for well, Argentina. Famously, when the two met in a match between Sampdoria and I think it was Inter, Maxi Lopez demanded he take a penalty so he could rub it in um, Maracardi's face, missed. and then he missed. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, but with Maracardi look, looking certain to leave at some point. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Conte obviously needs a replacement and he has a heart set on Romulo Lukaku who he I don't know why necessarily I think he assumes he'd be a good fit alongside uh, Lautaro Martinez however they are unwilling to meet Man United's valuation Mm. but so now it's assumed 
that Juventus are going in for Lukaku on the basis of the noise available and basically just to wind up Antonio yeah. Conte. So I don't know if... Just the old Mourinho-Chelsea strategy, just basically find out who Man United are interested in. <laughs> oh, you want Robin, Mikel and Balak, do it's, you? It's, well, I think you'll find there are top targets this summer. It's it's even more petty than that. It's basically Juventus fans are very unhappy with Antonio Conte for joining Inter. <laughs> so <laughs> let's take his top transfer oh, wow. target. Yeah, it's um, a, like I personally think Lukaku would do incredibly well. I think he'd be excellent in yeah. Syria. Yeah, yeah. the Who's thing getting the best of this deal. Oh, Juventus by a mile. I'm not sure. Thing with Dybala, the reports coming out of Italy suggest that as soon as he heard Juventus were talking to Man United, he immediately demanded to have talks. So it's Juventus pushing him out the door mm. rather than Man United trying to sign him. Mm. I would be very surprised if Edward Wood even knows who he is. Yes, <laughs> uh, he scored past Man United last season. So oh, I like this Dybala. <laughs> That'll be the extent of his knowledge. Um, it's, an, it's an old thing in football, isn't it? Simply signing players who played well yeah, against you. Remember Oli Bernard at Newcastle basically got a transfer to yes. Rangers purely off the back that he scored the one good goal ever <laughs> in a friendly against them. Very, yeah. Middlesbrough, for everyone who follows Middlesbrough closely, maybe if you don't know. But um, Emmanuel Pogatitz, after he mm. had a good performance again for Graz or AK, I think, yeah. in the Europa League. But nice offloaded too. It's, it seems a silly question, this, because it's Paolo Dybala. But how good is Paolo Dybala? Well, I should point out this is why we've got Benjamin on yes. here, because you know a lot more. I mean, basically the consensus, oh, they're him. He plays for Argentina. He's what, like an 87 on FIFA or something. What, one of Europe's deadliest hitmen. But the truth of the matter is he's underwhelmed the last year, yeah, at least, doesn't he? Okay, yeah, I'll pass over to our resident Serie A expert. Paolo Dybala is an excellent player. He's got fantastic technical ability, great at free kicks. He Excellent close control. Mm. He's quite lightweight, so I think that would like work against him in the Premier League. But he really struggles with attitude and form and his mentality, basically. Since mm. Ronaldo's arrival, he's lost his place in the team. He was expecting to play as part of a two-man system. Yeah, oh, sorry, a three-man system with um, Douglas Costa on one side and him on the other and Ronaldo in the front, but that hasn't happened, and he's found himself on the bench and his performance has dropped completely as a consequence. He's got an attitude thing, basically. Attitude completely, yeah. He scored 10 goals last season, mm. which wasn't enough. Admittedly, got five and nine in Europe, but not really key goals. He went completely missing in the Atletico Madrid uh, round of 16 match. Mm. Ronaldo scored a hat-trick and completely served him. He didn't have any involvement in the Ajax debacle. And it's a similar story in Argentina as well, where he can't work alongside Messi. Messi. He needs to be the focus. God, that must be tough. There can't be many players who've like played alongside Ronaldo Messi at club Ronaldo, level and yeah. gone played. And not even just like in the same team, like sort of the same positions that like, haven't accommodated them. I, all I can think of is Tevez. That's literally it. Yeah. Very briefly. Yeah. That's that's a oh I mean you you all goes out of them to an Gon- extent, don't you? Gonzalo Higuain. Oh, yeah. both and he managed perfectly well. Higuain's not exactly someone you would you would go. Well, he's got that sort of Ronaldo energy or that Messi ability, <laughs> Gonzalo Higuain, would you? Um, you yeah. Well, how do you think? How good do you think he he could be in the Premier? I League? remember him breaking into this on the scene originally, and he looked like being you know Syria's next great hope, Juventus's next great hope, someone who could, if they could find a way to work with Messi, could really bring something mm. to the Argentina team. But again, as you say, like Ronaldo coming in, you can't, like you don't hear as much about it. But somebody who very casually watches Syria at best. Mm. Once the names start dropping off, you know it's because they're not really doing a whole lot over there. I think the Lukaku side of this is, is if anything, more interesting because he's there seems to be a talk already of like, oh, Lukaku revisionism, like he was never actually that good at well, Man United. You know what? He's 
42 goals in 96 games. Well, that's United. the thing. Like His record, like Lukaku, if he stayed in the Premier League, his career would break Shearer's record comfortably. Like, the guy was getting 20-odd goals a season from being 17, 18 onwards. Lukaku's problem is that Jose Mourinho viewed him as a completely different type of striker to the one he actually is. Mm. Now, Mourinho's a habit of bulking up his strikers and making him a big, powerful target man. And that's just not what Lukaku is. See, you say that, despite but like, his height again, his... if you just go purely off the stats, I think something like... I did look this up. It's like n- nearly, it's over a quarter of Lukaku's entire goal haul for Man United, all competitions, is in his first two months. Yep. So when he first came in, they clearly built the side around him. It might not necessarily have suited him precisely, but they did at least want to play it with strengths. And he was, I mean, he was deadly that first half a season, at least, at Man United. But obviously, Mourinho completely lost the plot, had no idea what to do with him. Solskjaer came in, he was kind of in and out the team a bit. Did get did do all right when he was in the team, but he had him playing on the wing at some point, and it was sort of a bit all over the shop. And there is talk that what Solskjaer wants to do this year is he wants to have three attacking midfielders behind a striker, all of whom can interchange. Mm-hmm. So you could have, you know, you could be on the left, you could be on the right, you could be in the centre. You know, this is how Allegri played with Dybala before Ronaldo arrived. Mm-hmm. Basically, at the end of... He was getting a lot of criticism about the style of his football uh, t- two seasons back. So he thought, you know what, I'll just play all my attacking players at once, <laughs> like all together. And it was really fluid and really exciting. And then because they were so desperate to win the Champions League and they also wanted to really increase the brand internationally, they mm-hmm. went and spent so much money on Ronaldo. And you pretty much have to support that project now. And I think Dybala is just the collateral damage. I think Juventus hedging the bets on a 34-year-old going forwards is very unwise. Yes. <laughs> as we're going to see as well, we're getting rid of all the strikers. So I think whoever gets to ball comes out of his deal better, ultimately, simply because of the potential he has going forward. I would... Oh, it's a weird one. I mean, if, if Inter get Lukaku, I think they have done better than anybody could have done in yeah. this deal. But I think if if you say that's how Allegri played and it worked with Tabala there, I mean, it's not as if he's going to go there and Alexis Sanchez is going to be, you know, the main man or anything like that. He would be their big summer signing. He would be their great hope for this season. So Unless in a system that suits him. By Sergei Milinkovic. Just before we get onto that, let's say, for argument's sake... Not the most insightful talk we've ever had on this podcast. Un- unquestionably. Oh, really weird. <laughs> um, let's say Man United lose Paul Pogba and Romelu Lukaku uh, this summer, but they get in, let's just say for argument's sake, Paolo Dybala and Mario Mandzukic. Is that an improvement for them? For them, they've, yes. They've strengthened a particular area of the side while yeah. severely weakening another, I'd say. It's it's a multi-layered question because I personally think Paul Pogba is one of the best midfielders in football. I fully, yeah, I fully agree. I just don't think it's working at Manchester United, and I can't necessarily put my finger on it. It was easy to point to Jose Mourinho before, but he mm. left and the problems continued. I don't know. That second half of that a, season, he was, he had a right, slight, he was he really did have an improvement, But then he dropped off again in the last mm. month or two when Man United on a whole collapsed. A, a lot of people say Graham Souness is the man I think of. It's his <laughs> attitude, 100%. But you can almost get that sense of frustration of he may not necessarily always track back and stick with his men or whatever. That's I mean, not that's not his game. No, but so it, he almost also must look a, look a little bit, look around and be like, I'm the only, like, I'm the focal point of this team. And, you know, yes, you've got your Lingards and your Rashfords mm. and your Lukaku's, but no one's on his level. But do you know what made um, Pogba such so effective at Juventus? It was that the midfield was built around his yeah. particular strengths. He had Arturo Vidal, Vidal. stood behind mm, yeah. him. And he had uh, Andrea Perlo just to the right of him. Now, Man United had none of that. They were basically expecting to parachute Paul Pogba into midfield, 90 million quid, and say, right, do everything. Make our team yeah. wonderful. And the rest of that midfield is abysmal. Like you see that, but Scott Scott McTominay's on the cover of Pez twenty twenty this year. So is he? Yeah. Are you in here for this? Yeah, we did a little we did a little guessing game in the office. Like lads, there's four players: one from the Premier League, one from the Bundesliga, one from Syria, and one from 
Uh, La Liga on the cover of Pez. Uh, have a guess. Uh, Messi, yes, Messi, well done. Uh, trying to who was who was Syria? I think it was. Can't remember who the Syria player was, but it was Sergi Nabri from Bayern. Is this right? Okay. Like, right, Premier League. Off you go. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes. <laughs> like, give you a clue. Man United, Pogba, Rashford, Lukaku, Scott McTominay. Scotty was Mc- everyone else busy? Scotty McSauce is on the cover of a game. <laughs> so uh, my question to you is: If you've got Nemanja Matic on crutches behind Pogba and Scott McTominay, who is very much Andrea Pirlo in every way but name <laughs> alone, why isn't it working for Pogba? I mean, it's a fair question, isn't it? I, for <laughs> some who have suggested that Nemanja Matic perhaps isn't quite the same player as Arturo Vidal because he can barely move. Mm. And maybe Scott McTominay doesn't have the range of passing vision of I already know there's going to be people watching this. That was the point I was making. It is, not yeah. those same players. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So you mentioned earlier Milinkovic-Savic uh, as a potential re- uh, replacement or someone else they could bring in to complement that Man United side. The, the rumour is uh, if they can sell Pogba to Real Madrid, who are obviously in this dire straits with their, their injury crisis, if they can sell Pogba to Real Madrid, then they'd have the finances arguably to sign Milinkovic-Savic. And they've also, uh, I think today or the last few days, have been linked with Ivan Rakitic as well. Is that an improvement for them? Yeah, yes. Can I just clarify what what is Rakitic's current situation? Because I know he's already left Barcelona. Is that he's not a free agent though? I don't actually know what his current situation is right now. Because he is. There's been all this talk of it's hilarious because Rakitic is going to leave Barcelona the year they have Croatia's kit. Just <laughs> <laughs> quite a strange one. Rakitic would be an absolutely sensational. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be wary about going down the route because I do remember last year hearing about how Fred was the man to unlock Pogba because his I think skill set. The, the difference with Rakitic is that he's he's proven it at the very. Yeah. In the top leagues and at the top level. I mean, he guided Croatia to a World Cup final. He's been involved in Champions League finals. Mm. Fred was an unknown quantity coming from Eastern Europe. So I think there's a big difference there. What I think Rakitic, honestly, I would say Rakitic is anything more, think, more, a more important signing for them. Yeah, Mil- Milinkovic Savage less so. I, he didn't have a, the best season last year coming off the World Cup. Um, yeah, because there was a lot of discussion about well, him last summer. Exactly, I he was trying to force a move away and he didn't get it. Mm. And he sort of dropped off in form and it felt like, well, Lazio have missed a trick, not selling him. However, he certainly has a potential. But again, he's more similar to Fred. Yeah, I was going to say, what will he offer Man United if they can get him in? Um, a midfielder who can pass to his own teammates. That's certainly an improvement. <laughs> so, do you think this... What was that laugh? <laughs> it's just very depressing. Already so put him in your fantasy league team, haven't you? Yeah, That's he's already one. in, straight in. Um, do you think this, this transfer is possible then, the Dybala-Lukaku one? Because it, it, it sounds like, like you say, it all hinges on Dybala choosing to go to a side that finished, what, sixth? 
in had, the Premier League last season. I think season. there's a genuine possibility we could finish this podcast and find out it's been done. Mm. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. Um, like I said, the motivations for it might be spite, but I think both teams will get what they want out of it. I think that's I've got a lot of time for that energy, account. though. Like, if this ends up being one of the most, like, the biggest transfer in Europe this season is purely done out of spite, I've got a lot of time for that. That's the kind of sort of angle football's been missing for a long, long time. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned uh, Juventus getting rid of literally everyone up front for them. Uh, we've we had found out the news today that, I'm going to try and get this right, Moise Kian. Moise Kian, yeah. Uh, the nine, not been practicing. Uh, Benjamin just wished me it. Uh, the 19-year-old, he's linked with Everton for uh, up to £36 million. He's been in Juventus since age 10. Yep. Uh, well, he's joined Everton. He's joined. Uh, so, done deal, mate. You've been done, at a wedding. Done, I've been away. So... What is he going to offer and how, just how good is he? I can't necessarily wrap my head around this deal. It's €30 million, Euros, which is £29 million, pounds, I think, which seems like absolute chump change for a player who has so much potential. Mm. So he was, this will make all of us feel extraordinarily old, but he was the first player born in the 2000s to okay. play in any of Europe's top five leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Carry so on. I'll keep going. It gets more depressing to play in the Champions League, to start for Italy and to score for Italy. Wow. Um, I'm over it. He I'm over it. I'm over it. Scored something like I think seven goals last year in his debut season. Something like six hundred and sixty-seven minutes of football. Um, the transfer fee is what really gets me though. That's the same fee as Leicester. I know you're a big fan, but thirty million pounds for Ayosi Perez is ludicrous. Twenty million for <laughs> Danny Ings. Wow. Twenty million for Tyrone Mings. All the Ings going for twenty million. Sorry, I'm just allergic to Ayosi Perez hatred. <laughs> it's not hatred, but I don't know if he's necessarily the same value as a 19-year-old Italy international mm. with a potential to be a future star. I think, unlike some of the teams in the Premier League, Juventus actually have to adhere to financial fair play. <laughs> so this is yeah, yeah, thirty million in pure profit, as you say, has been there since ten years old. Mm. So like the no fee, but I still. I think also they've got a first refusal on potential buyback. Mm-hmm. But all the same, given the getting rid of Bala, getting rid of Moisekin, potentially getting rid of Mandzukic, that leaves him with Higuain, who's in his 30s and a lot more corpulent than he used to be, and Cristiano Ronaldo. I it's a worry. would suggest they might have to buy a player then. Yeah, which could be Lukaku. Mm. Yes. But that still seems like they're a bit light. It's about, I mean, Not being, being light in certain positions on the pitch depends precisely on how you want to play like I think course, if, they, yeah. if they've got no intention of having well it all depends on how it's your Sari wants to change the team as well mm. which we don't necessarily know yet I expect he doesn't know either no uh, <laughs> could Kayan be one of these like wonder kids this season then could he be one of the, one of the ones to watch he could be yeah I mean down quite down, down to profile he was compared to Mario Balotelli quite frequently in Italy, but those comparisons are actually fair from a football perspective as well. Mm-hmm. He plays a different style of football, but he certainly has the same potential. I don't think he's going to be a breakout star like Messi or Ronaldo or, or, or Aguero, that level of wonder mm-hmm. kid, but he certainly can offer something significant and tangible already at this young age. So we're here, obviously, to, to discuss this huge, huge swap deal. And I wanted to, to discuss some of the biggest swap deals in history because I, I did, didn't go, I've sort of forgotten how many there's been. Uh, it always, in my mind, they only really take place on sort of football manager or things the like thing that. The thing is, we've already done, it was either me or you or me and Andy, right? Mm. Because there was, there was another one, a big swap deal touted about a week and a half ago. I forget for the life of me who it was. But I sat there and went, do you know what it is? 
I hate this. Nothing puts me off a football transfer headline quicker than the word swap. Because it never happened, do they? No. Oh, we're going to swap so-and-so for so-and-so. They're going to use so-and-so as a make-weight in the deal for so-and-so. Never, ever happens. I never, ever happens. And we're here sat now talking about I fundamentally don't understand swap deals because presumably it's both players saying, I want your player because they're great. So why don't you just keep the player? I know. Mm. What, like, all you strengthen well, the team that you're weak To be fair, in this context, when we've talked about how both teams like to play, this one does yeah, make sense. Ac- to across, are... across different leagues makes sense mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I'll give you the most recent one that we would all remember is Mkhitaryan and Sanchez. Oh, shit, that's <laughs> what I was going to do. <laughs> well, he's I'll already, he's already got the I'll good one. You, I'll tee you up for that one because that... I mean, did anyone get a good deal out of that one? No. No, they both they both <laughs> genuinely thought oh, no, they were no. buying a player more suited to their style of play. I mean, Man United wanted a bigger name and a goal scorer, someone who could maybe drag them through matches. Arsenal clearly wanted somebody who would fit in with the system a bit better, could complement some of the other players. They got and go, you know what? Actually, not a bad deal. Mkhitaryan might be better suited to Arsenal. Sanchez definitely probably going to be better suited to Man United. And they were both absolute dog eggs. And Mkhitaryan couldn't even play in the Europa League final. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Was, I, I can't believe that is more of a big deal. That is absolutely it, it, shocking. It was scandalous, and you were for sure have either moved it or cancelled it or they shouldn't have put it in the first place yeah. because it was a dreadful location but anyway uh, Benjamin <laughs> yeah, Richardson who, yeah. which one st- sticks out for you? I uh, said before it's uh, the Andy Cole and Keith Gillespie swap <laughs> it's one of the most memorable I remember putting on Look North that very evening to Look see all the North. footage of people stood on the uh, on the steps outside the entrance to St James's Park shouting at Keegan what are you doing he's the best player we've got a plan lads we've got a plan it's fine it's part of the plan and bought Les Ferdinand and Alan Shearer, so yeah, was. Yeah. And Keith Gillespie, not a bad player. Not a, was not Olivier Giroud involved in a swap deal? Him and uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Anyway, I'm trying to remember Chelsea sending anybody to no, Arsenal. I can't. It does Ch- feel like it. the Giroud thing kind of makes it feel like not the Giroud, sorry, the Higuain thing felt like a swap deal because it was just so out of nowhere. But again, it wasn't. There's some there's some memorable ones, of course. Ibrahimovic for Eto and 35 million. That's yeah. the best deal anyone's done That's in history. That's far and away. And then, obviously, Inter went on to you win the Champions that. League. Hebrimovic didn't have a good time at Barcelona That's what, no, at no, all, no. But no, I mean the other way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, Eto at Inter was absolutely sensitive. People, people, I think a lot of people misremembered just how great that Inter side was. But the, the Mourinho one that won the Champions League. They yeah. were Yeah, they were so unfancied. And mm. they ground their way past the entire last three rounds of that. Diego Melito as well. How significant yeah. it was alongside <laughs> Samuel Leto. I did this year. I actually looked... I don't know why I was doing it, but I looked at that uh, starting lineup for Inter in that final. And it's just astonishing. Like, it was practically playing right wing back in that system. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, that, it was unbelievable. However, we, if we didn't have that, then we wouldn't have got that phenomenal, well, not just chapter, but constant references to Pep Guardiola in uh, Zlatan's autobiography, who... Which, of course, you've read. Oh, I've 100% read. Of course, read. you've read it. 100%, yes. I think he said, if... Uh, what did he say? If Mourinho lights up the room, Pep Guardiola closes the curtains. <laughs> uh, a few others to mention. Nemanja Matic for, and 20 million for David Luiz. Is that right? I yeah. thought those transfers were separate. Benfica uh, and Chelsea, of course, there. And Roberto Carlos and a million pounds for Ivan Zamorano. There's a name you haven't heard in a while. But my, <laughs> I love Ivan Zamorano. Oh, here yeah, we I'd, go. I'd have here him we go. <laughs> go. All, all the, the Chileans from the mid-90s. Uh, Salas. Marcelo Salas, yeah. Was it Zamorano who couldn't have the number 11 shirts he had one plus one uh, he had he couldn't have the yes he, yeah that he couldn't have the number 10 shirt okay so he had nine plus one he had he, yeah. one plus nine i think in the end Derek reardon as hibbs couldn't have the number 10 shirt so he had zero one <laughs> really That's the worst thing i've ever <laughs> seen 
Zero what one. He had. play with a mirror next to him. Zero one. The best. So dumb. Uh, but my favourite one, which I didn't actually know about, was between <laughs> Crystal Palace and Gre- uh, Greenwich Borough, uh, and it was Ian Wright in exchange a swap deal for quote some weights. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's the kind of transfer you could see Mourinho going for at the minute, <laughs> couldn't you? Get, get, get him in a shirt with some weights on it. Uh, right, let us know your favourite swap deals in history and your thoughts on this uh, swap deal between uh, uh, Juventus and Man Ooh, United. Quickly, before we finish, how good is this lad Wolves have bought? Uh, Patrick Ooh, Cotrone, yeah. okay, um, he's okay. Basically, Milan are not in a position where they can reject an £18 million deal for a player who's became a reserve. Mm. He's been completely displaced by um, Christoph Pjancic and he's no longer playing, but he is good. He's good but not brilliant. Great. There you go. Thank you, Robert, very much. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts on all that in the comment section below. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, and follow us on Twitter at WhatCultureFC. In fact, watch there. Follow all three of us. You can follow Adam Cleary at... Adam Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y. You can follow Benjamin Richardson at... Um, B-A-R-3-Pud. You can follow me at Adam Wilburn. You can follow us all at WhatCultureFC. And as I said, make sure you follow uh, WhatCultureFootball on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily football podcasts. This has been It's All Kicking Off. My thanks to Adam Cleary and to Benjamin Richardson. Thank you for watching, and we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.